Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. And this is a special format of the Run Lift Mom podcast because it is a Saturday with Susie, a quick tip to save you time. I can't give you more time, but I sure can help you with the hacks that can help you prioritize and make the most of what you got. This Saturday with Susie episode is about running your first marathon. I want to share with you the blog article from my first marathon written back in 2003. And then I also want to comment on things I would have done differently or what I might tell someone considering tackling 26.2 miles in the upcoming year or the near future. I finished my first marathon. I can officially call myself a runner, I think. I decided I wanted to do this way back in high school when I overheard my cross-country coach tell another runner, completing a marathon is one of the greatest accomplishments in one's life. So when my sorority sister Amanda began training for her first marathon in 2002, I showed enough interest read, I was her overwhelmingly curious groupie that she invited me on board for her second. After committing to ourselves to 18 weeks of training and no trips to the bar, we made the trip to Tybee Island, Georgia with another group of runners from Camp Seafarer. In addition to the group support, Amanda and I had quite the fan club. My mom, Mima, find me little sis Nina, roommates Jen and Shannon. The start of the race offered big crowds and lots of excitement. I had tears in my eyes. It was just awesome. Miles 1 through 10 were nice and steady. I ran with Amanda and was so happy to have someone there with me during my first race. I wish I would have paid more attention to my surroundings and less attention to the super cool running accessories and outfits everyone around me had on. Every once in a while, Amanda would point out funny things that I was missing since I was checking out the shoes in front of me. We got to our support crew at mile 7, which didn't take much effort since Mima had on bright orange beanie and Shannon looked like she just walked off a runway. Fur coat, page boy hat, full makeup, gotta love her. It was good to see familiar faces. I ran up and jumped on them with excitement, but also secretly hoped they would piggyback me the next 19 miles. Of course, they didn't offer. The hardest part of the race came at mile 13, when the half marathoners finished and we had to keep running. The island itself is really small, so the course is essentially one lap around for the halfers and, you guessed it, two laps around for the full marathoners. It took every ounce of emotional strength I had to stay cool when I saw the finishing runners stop get their medals, hug their loved ones, and then cry, smile, shout, whatever, the sheer joy of accomplishment. I had another 13 miles to go before I could do any of these things. I wasn't prepared for the last six miles. Since my training long runs had consisted of 16, 18, 20 miles, I didn't have the experience to be able to feel strong on this bit of uncharted territory. I seriously had to have some mental talks with myself to keep going, and my legs felt like they weighed about 100 pounds each. Amanda and I were not chatting at this point, but we knew we were in it together. 
I finally saw the chute and just took off sprinting. Amanda and I finished together and our final time was 5.19.52. Since my goal was simply to finish, this was good news. Amanda beat her previous marathon time by almost 20 minutes. And for these reasons and the simple satisfaction of being able to stop, we were both crying our eyes out as our crew greeted us with flowers, stuffed animals, and high fives. Although the pain was more than anything I've experienced, running a marathon was very worthwhile. After all, I'm a runner now. Wow. So guys, that's the first time that I have read through this thoroughly in a long time. We're talking like a decade here. And I want to say something first and foremost. I'm glad I wrote it down. Of course, back in 2003, the internets looked a lot differently. There wasn't social media to document things on. And actually, I had a blog spot blog that I just put my recaps up on because it was kind of the thing to do in runner circles at the time. If anyone has been running for as long or longer than I have, you'll know that among running clubs, um, one of the like normal things to do was you'd run a race and then you would, on an email distribution list or a reply to all, you would then put your recap there and just email it to everybody. So that's how you shared in the early days. Now we've got things like everybody's got a blog. We've got video blogs. We've got Instagram and Facebook. Um, We've even got audio journals like this podcast that you're listening to. And so it's very different, but whatever you choose, I would recommend writing down your experience because you might find yourself 16 years later being able to look back and reflect and what a cool library of experience this, this is for my kids. Um, As I age, or maybe can't recall some of this stuff, I have told the story myself. So um, that's number one. If you're considering doing something like this, I'm going to recommend that you journal it somehow, at least at minimum, the race recap. The second thing, I think it was a good call that I did this with my friend Amanda. She is still very much a dear friend to me, and this experience that we shared was really, really special. I think if you're doing a marathon for the first time, a training group like Team in Training with a fundraising aspect. There are a lot of great charity running groups or even like locally we have Fayetteville Running Club. Um, There are a lot of people doing half marathons, full marathons for the first time there. So if you can find a beginner's running group or a running partner who isn't so advanced they don't remember what it's like to begin. Remember, Amanda had only done one marathon prior to this. She was the perfect partner for me and I want to recommend that to you to find someone to do this with. Do I think those 16, 18, 20 mile runs were way too much? You guys know my thoughts on minimum effective dose. I will link them to the show notes of this as well. If you're not well versed in that, I do. I do think that I needed those miles. I mean, you hear me say that the uncharted territory was a little bit scary. And so though for a seasoned runner, I never recommend someone do a 20 miler. I believe for a first time marathoner, that is really, really important. 
I look back at this and I'm like, how did I not know that course was two loops around? Really, how did I not know? I'll tell you why, because I didn't research it. Now, websites back in 2003 are not what they were today. I actually vividly remember registering for this pen and paper and mailing that registration in. Nonetheless, you can talk to someone who has done the race before. You can scope out the website, take a look at not only the course, but also the elevation chart so there aren't any surprises. You want to train for the terrain, and that might include, for example, a loop course or an out-and-back course that might be challenging mentally. The final thing that I want to mention is that I didn't have a time expectation, and that is a good thing. A great piece of advice for any would-be future marathoner, if you are considering this for the first time, don't have a time expectation. You just heard me say, I finished this race in 5:19:52. I'll tell you, my personal record at this point is less than three and a half hours. No shame. You should not have a time that you're trying to stick to in that first marathon. If it's a thing for you, you'll have plenty of time to improve. For the first race, it's just about crossing the finish line. And that's it guys, just some things to think about and consider as you might be planning for your first marathon, reflections and commentary from me on my first over 16 years ago. And at this point, I've done well over 50 marathons plus some ultra marathons. And I will say this about 26.2 miles. It challenges me every single time. That same kind of nervous energy that I had back in Georgia in 2003, I still get it to this day. And it's why I love the distance so much. I hope that you will visit runliftmompod.com for more about running. I offer both guidance as well as reflection on my personal journey. And if this is a journey that you're taking as well, I would love to help you out. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8 and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Run Lift Mom Podcast. This began as a passion project in February of 2019. I wanted to uplift other women in the areas of running, lifting, and motherhood. Here's what's happened. I've not only personally been uplifted, I have been blessed by the relationships with guests on this show, by the relationships with listeners of this show. Thank you so much for helping me continue this passion project. Here's how you can help even more, and it will take you less than 10 seconds, dear listener. I want you to rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. It really, really helps other people find the show, and it keeps my show sponsors happy. guys, I'm thrilled to announce a new partner on Run Lift Mom, and that is Audible. I've been an Audible member for over 10 years, and my favorite part, hands down, 
It's the gift of time. I use the free app to take notes as I'm doing my long run and I hear something fantastic and you are going to love it. If you want to try Audible free, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom. That's R-U-N-L-I-F-T-M-O-M. Again, for a free trial, visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom.